Hello, oh, everyone. You can keep talking. I want to make sure I can hear your voice. Oh, good. Okay. Hello. You have to yell. Just like okay. talk at your normal. Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Unfiltered Truth podcast. My name is Sarah, and I am your host for this podcast. And I am super excited to welcome my second guest, I think. I'm pretty sure I had Sally on. I don't think I've had any other guests. If I have, I'm going to jump in and edit this recording and be like, sorry to the person that I missed, but I'm pretty sure I haven't. Um, I am inviting a dear friend of mine um, who I also met through the business. We met um, literally just over a year ago. So it's like our friend anniversary. So I thought, what a better way to celebrate our friend anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> going so well here we go i'm not even editing that out um what better way to celebrate our friend anniversary than invite her on so i'll hand over to her soon i'm gonna keep you in suspense um but you're gonna see it from the title i don't know why i said suspense <laughs> stop it's gonna be the most chaotic episode like i'm usually We're trying to make it not chaotic but this is gonna be interesting um <laughs> basically i've invited her on to talk about conscious connections conscious friendships and also like She's one of the people that probably knows me the best. So she's going to rapid fire me some questions and then I'm going to fire some back at her. It's going to be really, really fun. You can already tell by the energy of this episode. It's going to be super laid back, super chill. You're going to see me in a very, very different energy, very laid back, very just like friendship mode. Um, so yeah, it's going to be really cool to have like add that like different texture to to how you already perceive me, how you've witnessed me. Because um, usually when I'm on the podcast, I'm very just like educational, very just like in my flow, in my intuition. Um, so you get to see me like really laid back and just like chilling. So there will not be a lot of edits in this episode. There will not be a lot of cuts. Um, I don't want to cut anything out. I want you to see like the most raw, organic, and just like natural expression of both of our personalities. So I have the beautiful Emma Jane Sheridan. That's her full name, her birth name. Um, <laughs> I have invited onto the podcast. She's a copywriter. She's a marketing expert. She's also going to be a coach. Um, in these areas, she just found that out for the first time because I just like your coach is she's also my bio, coach, and I'm like you're now a coach, babe. <laughs> um, so she's just like your go-to expert around all things like storytelling. Um, yeah, she's created her own processes, her own methods. Um, yeah, she's an expert. So welcome, Emma. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm actually so excited. This is the first podcast I've ever been a guest. Is it actually, on. yeah, it is. I didn't know I took your yeah, virginity. You've taken my podcast virginity. Oh my god, I'm actually honored. Yeah. Oh, we should celebrate it more. We can get a cake. We're going to get a cake. We can get a cake. I took your virginity yeah. on a cake. Scott's yeah. like, what? Yes. <laughs> my partner's like, ah. <laughs> he gets delivered to my house. He's like, wait a second. Is, did your ex send me? Fuck. He's like, I don't know. Yeah, he's like, wait a sec. Anyway, yeah, we're definitely not editing this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, It's called The Unfiltered Truth for a Reason, which is, that's peach ice tea that I'm drinking. Not me thinking it's scotch. <laughs> Like, sorry, babe, I've got to take a sip of the drink. <laughs> Can't handle it already. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, basically we're going to talk about conscious connections, friendships. I, I literally started recording the episode and then forgot that I didn't even tell Emma the brief about what we're talking about. I literally messaged her, like, what, two hours ago and said, come over. Yeah. We record episode. And she yeah. just said, okay, I'm coming. So, yeah, I was like, have you eaten dinner? And she goes, yep. Yeah. I go, cool, I'll order my dinner and meet you there. Yeah, and now we're here recording this episode. So basically, I feel like it'd be super cool if we kind of just spoke about like how we met first. Mm. So like we can really set the context. Um, and then I want to go into like some rapid fire and we'll give we'll like give the audience the rules around that. Yay. 
But Em and I actually met through the business. Yep. Um, we met literally in April, like a week before Easter, I think it was. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because yeah. Emma came to my family. We we were bonded <laughs> the minute we met. Closely. Yeah, we were just like, you're mine. <laughs> yeah, literally. Come with me. Um, and we met through Instagram. Emma posted, I realized she was more than local. She posted her coconut cold brew from my favorite cafe, Opus. I replied and said, that looks good. And then a week later, there we were having one together. The rest was history, really. Now we're married. Yeah. Um, so that's how we met. And essentially, like back then, I was sold. I was a mindset coach. So different. I was even business back then, you know. So different. No, I remember because I remember when you started diving into business. I remember the message you sent me. Like it was a huge thing. And you were like, I'm, I'm going to be just business. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, I remember it. So back when we met when I was mindset coaching, I was mm. still doing a couple of readings, like very rarely. Um, what were you even doing back then? You were copywriting. I was still copywriting, yeah, but I was under a different name and I had no personal brand at all. Yeah. yeah. We had the green and the, the orange. We were the green and the orange, the Unbound yeah. Creative. The Unbound. Shout um, out to the OGs. <laughs> Anyone who knows. Um, and I remember I hired you. Remember? Like, yeah. We created this retainer. I'm like, I want you for this, this, and this. That's the other retainer. Yeah. And you started working for me and, like, obviously we're still friends. Um. And then one day we were talking about your business and I was just like, look, I'm going to like put this out here. I reckon you should jump on a call with me. Like yeah. you have time right now. And you were like, yeah. And then from there you've worked with me for nine months. Literally. And we're going into our like fourth container together. I know. Which is so great. Like we literally started it this week. Uh, yeah. We started it like two days ago. Yeah. I know. Oh my God. Happy anniversary for everything. Um, so yeah, Em and I like from the beginning, like, I think what's really cool about our timeline is that we've always been in a coach-client relationship mm. whilst concurrently building our friendship. Like, literally from the beginning, essentially, like, I was a client first and then you shifted into that yeah. role. What do you think was the most difficult thing to navigate in that? Mm. And what do you think was also, like, the lightest, like, your favourite thing about that? Oh, I love that question. Yeah. That's not even rapid fire. Like, I'm actually just curious. Because we, yeah. we've never, like... Um, me asking you a question and telling you so much. <laughs> no, I'm like, please. I actually don't want to hear it. No, I love hearing um, it. I think like it's so cool about us is like we've navigated a lot in our friendship. Yeah. Like there have been times where we both have leaned out. There have been times Absolutely. where I almost was like, I'm fucking out. Like yeah. there's no more of this. And I think it's really cool to like hear about everything, like all the dynamics that we've navigated. Yeah. Because um, everything just obviously just made us stronger. But like I would say that Em was probably one of the first friendships in my life where I'm very cutthroat. I'm very mm. avoidant. Like that's my attachment style. Not to wear it like a badge, but like to explain. Um, and like whenever there was conflict with us, like I was just like, that's it. Yeah. That's it. But like M is the kind of person that's like, no, that's not it. No, literally. You need to stay. My anxious <laughs> attachment was like, you're actually not allowed to break out with you. <laughs> Obviously within boundaries, but yeah, it definitely taught us both. Oh, yeah, we both are just Huge. like so settled into the relationship. Absolutely. And learned a lot. And I think, mm. um, well, I think even answering like what you said. Yeah, yeah. The I think the biggest thing for me to navigate would have been, I suppose it does play into boundaries, like and in mm. wanting to over deliver and give a lot to someone you care about. Mm -mm. And in the same token, realizing, and if anyone listening is a service provider, I think specifically you'll understand what I mean, whether you're a coach, like literally whatever, is it can be really easy to over deliver and then confuse the fuck out of someone. Mm. And I think that a lot of the start of our relationship was me wanting in that capacity for you to see that I was good at what I did yeah. to make it worth it. Yeah. So 
that was my whether you felt that or not that was what I probably felt was the heaviest to navigate Mm. but on the like on the alternative side of that the lightest I would say was having someone who so deeply believed in my work Mm. do you know what I mean like yeah it was a lot of duality of someone who actually like Sarah I literally have the messages still and I sent them to her the other week Mm. where she said to me no you like (laughs) really it was like almost free business coaching at that point and then I signed (laughs) up but it was basically like this is the kind of container I envision for you this is how Mm. I see you helping people and I'd never like I worked with a coach at the time but it was a very different coaching style Mm. so I didn't have that I hadn't cultivated the self-belief yet yeah yeah and it's funny like I wasn't even business coaching like Mm. then at that time no but I literally like I just if anyone's ever met me before in person I was making a joke today. I got my nails done by our friend Nitty. Um, and she was just like doing my nails. And I was like, all right, you're going to become an educator. We're going to build this empire. And I was like, I'm sorry, like, do you even want to do that? Like, I just like see the big picture yeah. and vision so many times. I like put it on others. I'm like, sorry, you might just actually be showing. Like, <laughs> even in your time <laughs> off, you're coaching. Like, yeah, I, it's, like, it, it's actually in it's my blood. You are. Um, yeah, I would yeah. say that. I literally remember a time um, when we worked together where you sent me a questionnaire, like you sent me a form. Yeah. And I remember replying and being like, I'm not doing that yeah. because you're over delivering. I remember that. And I'm like, that, this is too much for me. And it was. And you're like, oh, like, yeah. thank you for, because mm. then you never sent it out again. No, no, yeah. because it, because it did come from that place. So yes, yeah. yeah, it's cool working with a friend because yeah, of course you hear a lot of like rhetoric around mm. when it doesn't work, but I don't think you really often hear when it does work. Yeah. And when it works, it's not that it goes perfectly. It's that someone can reflect something to you and you see that they have your highest interest Mm. at heart and also that they know what they're talking about. Yeah. But I think like in that, like even how our coach client relationship was like formed and and developed, like as I became your coach, like there were definitely times where like, at least for me, I was like, Oh, I don't know if this is going to work. Like I was like, Oh, this, this might actually be hitting a little bit too close to home. So it was really cool to be like, okay, here I've got a, I've got a choice. Like, am I going to call it and be like, I can't be your coach or am I going to like fucking pull up my pants and say, Hey, like we can't do this. Or like we need to set a better standard. And I remember like, I think probably one of the things that you probably struggle to navigate the most and like me in terms of like learning to articulate was like, I come from a very, very direct family, like so direct like literally angus the other day like my partner we were at a family event and i was just going ham on my uncle like i was just like calling him like calling him out saying it how it isn't like our whole family was really and angus was just like oh my god i've never seen a family like this where like nothing gets swept under the rug like in the left leaves like everything's out yeah like nothing's hidden we know our we know our traumas like everything's out and i think because i was raised like that and i don't I didn't have anyone in my life that couldn't hold that directness. Mm. And I remember like, I was so direct with you. And I remember this message and like, we're like, so over this now. We actually yeah. have a joke about it. <laughs> we're like, remember now. that one time you said I know. Um, where Em was just like, I think you're really like, you're cold. Like, I don't, I can't hold your directness. Like, I think it's rude. Mm. And I had to be like, okay, like, is it rude or can you just not hold it? And you've never witnessed directness in a safe way before. Yeah. And I remember you held that reflection really well. And you're like, actually, you're right. Like, I don't know what it's like yeah. to receive directness in a loving way. So I think that definitely could have made or, or broken us essentially because yeah. I was like, I'm not going to dilute a part of myself that's so natural. So like, mm. let me meet you halfway. That was the thing that was for me was like, oh, fuck, maybe I am. <laughs> like, mm. maybe like the way that I, I I speak to you or the way that I'm direct with you 
can slightly be diluted can i um say it through a more compassionate lens because even though everything's compassionate i say it with the most pure yeah. intentions like it is so important to understand your audience and who you're speaking to because you were like whoa like i don't know how to hold that whereas for me i'm like oh, i said that nicely do you know yeah, what i mean absolutely and it's so interesting like i think looking at our friendship and seeing as you said like the first time experiencing directness in a safe way and realizing as well which can be hard to swallow in a friendship is when you do project onto someone mm. and it's yes sure they're the initial trigger for it but it's always something else deeper mm. underlying mm. that for years or w whatever it is before you have been navigating and i have always attracted direct friends because i think it was um sorry that was just sarah's cat just <laughs> sorry, made, made the funniest, the noise, funniest <laughs> noise um i just you might pick that up on the mic um but yeah as i was saying like I think it was always an initiation to like mm. accept directness and I, I, it wasn't the right time. And I just, I honestly don't think I was at a place where I could, cause I alternatively come from an, a very indirect family in the mm. sense that we are extremely, um, catering in terms of mm. to the nth degree. And that's something I've had to work through. So it was two very different humans who are still very similar coming together. Mm. And in that situation, me realizing, oh, wow, I have projected <laughs> every wound I've had about directness onto Sarah. She's held it. And it was also at a time where you were coming to terms with your directness, I think, in your business. Mm. I remember that. Yeah, it was a time that was like so sensitive to me yeah. in terms of like, I had just kind of unlocked like, honestly, like the first degree of my directness. Because yeah. like, I'm still unlocking like layers to I it. Agree. Um, and I remember like my biggest fear was, um, people thinking I was cold mm. and like, I remember so vividly someone, um, you know, in one of my first years of uni said that I had a really cold heart and like, that's mm. just like always struck a, a chord with me. And it's yeah. like, I've always held that really closely. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, like in that moment, I was like, great, my best friend thinks I'm cold. Like it's true. Right. I was like, oh, there's that evidence that it's true. Um, so it was really interesting. I think with Em and I, what has served us so well in our friendship is that we meet very well intellectually. Yeah. Like our intelligence meets it. Like we met our match. So whilst we had all these projections going around, all these fears, all of this, like, I need to fucking get out of here. Yeah. Like I need to lean out. This is it. And I think because our intelligence met, we were able to articulate the conversation in a way where we got each other. So it was like, you were like, Hey, I'm projecting this. Mm. Sorry. Can we process that? And then I was like, Hey, you actually really hurt my feelings here. But I also apologize because I totally see where I could have been, you yeah. know, rude, or I could have said that a little bit better. So because we met intellectually and we had that mm. core value, our communication has always been conscious. I want to say, I agree with that. And I think coming out of that situation, I think it can go one of two ways and we were able to not sweep it under the rug. I think we were really yeah, we able to speak to each other and also to hold when someone, you know, when you said to me, that really hurt me and me owning and sitting in the fact that for a long time I'd been, I'd been able to view direct people as, mm. as people who could hold my projections, mm. you know? Mm. Yeah. And I remember like literally, well, we had, um, <laughs> remember we had like my birthday yeah trip away it was I like <laughs> em and i had all these events oh, together it was so concurrent yeah yeah like, it was like we had my birthday trip away with a couple of others like um mm -hmm. our really close friends india and sal and then like a few weeks later we had sally's retreat where you mm -hmm. and i were sharing a room like and it was just this thing like i remember like you like can i talk to you 
And I was like, yeah, absolutely. We went into the room and he just went like, I'm actually so fucking sorry. Like, I'm actually so fucking sorry. And I went, yeah, same. Like, Mm. but I went, you know what? I totally, like, I forgive you. Um, It's okay. Like, I know, I know your character. Um, And just like from that, like, I just think we always have a choice. Like when someone apologizes and you can tell they genuinely mean it, like forgive them, you know, like, and like, holding a grudge does literally nothing like Mm. it does nothing and the fact that you had the balls to say it to like my face and Mm. and be like I did xyz wrong and um there was a lot of responsibility from your behalf and also mine but the situation was probably more fueled by you if that makes sense so like yeah yeah so there was still like responsibility on both like parts Mm. but like it wasn't like we were either of us were gaslighting each other into responsibility or things like that um so then from that point onwards like i was just very mindful that it's not that i diluted my directness because i haven't (laughs) like i've always Mm. been like told her the truth it was more so i was more conscious of how you received it and your emotions around that I think you I think you have a really great skill of looking at the context of a situation mm. and it was at a time you know we all have our own context in life going on at every point and you can't cater to everyone's context but I think you had a really great gift because you were my coach as well mm. of seeing okay the context of Emma right now is I see this is actually she's navigating other things and and your directness then came from a place of I can see in this moment she's actually going to be able to receive this yeah and because i had that that context i was like it's like intentionality i was like i know it's not about me exactly kind of thing and also like navigating that was really hard because then as her coach like i'm not going to bring in our friendship in a boxer do you know what i mean like not like hey babe let's let's unpack this together like what happened with me on the weekend yeah because it wasn't about that like we just kept our friendship separate separate. to the container and i know the minute that m plugged in the boxer you know, we're talking about offers and, and content and things like that. Like on like, like the same day. Yeah. Like, like we so literally be like talking about content in Boxer yeah. and then in my message be like, hey, babe, like we need to process this. Yeah. So we like with our communication, we keep things very, very separate. Like things will only come into Boxer if M brings them in. If she's like, hey, I want to process like, you know, recently we've been talking about a few things, yeah. um, which I'm obviously not going to put in unless you put it in. Um, and that will come in a boxer because you've brought it in. Like I would never bring, like I would never bring in the directness thing or like, unless you had, you know, like I said, prompted it, prompted it. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And I think like the aftermath of that situation and going through that, like, Mm -hmm. yes, I think it definitely made us stronger, but I think in the same token, at least what I witnessed in it too, was like the standard of communication across every part of my life. And I, I also got to see it, like, because obviously you mentioned, you know, Sally and India. And even when we're all together, like, seeing the level of conscious communication that exists in terms of, mm. you know, keeping business and our personal life separate in the coaching capacity and the friendship capacity. Yeah. And and I saw the standard get raised and then I chose to also go with it. Mm. Yeah, the standard is, like, keeps being raised. Like, there's yeah. still – because, like, coaching is in my blood. Like it like yeah, actually like genuinely is. is. So it's really hard for me when a friend is like, what do you think about this? And I'm like, mm, I'm biting my tongue. Like literally the other day in our group chat, we have a group chat with Sal and said something in there. And I was like, mouth is shut, mouth is shut. And Emma's like, oh, but it's, I was like, mouth is shut. And she's literally saying my mouth is shut. Like I cannot speak I to this. Bring into Boxer. <laughs> I cannot speak. I always say yeah. like mouth is shut um, because it's so, it's so hard, but like, it's so important for me to maintain that, that boundary, mm. 
because like I honor M's investment like she's yeah. one of my highest if not my <laughs> highest paying clients I'm pretty sure you and Sal I think are actually both like pretty tired you were my highest copywriting client still like, to this still, day like you've invested up. the most into my business yeah Oh, that was so cute. I know, and I've invested the most into yours. Yeah, and we never never gave each other discounts. Ne- no, no, no. We don't do that. Either. If anything, Sarah walks around and is like begging people to raise their prices. I'm, the, I'm actually begging. the worst of that. I'm like, literally got my nails done today with Nitty. I was like, babe, do you think this price makes sense for you? I was like, <laughs> I was like let's break it down. Do we actually this price is making sense for you? And she's like, now when you put it like that, I was like, yeah. So for everyone listening, raise your price. Yeah, raise your price. <laughs> I'm sorry, don't undersell yourself, okay? Raise your price. No. So, yeah, I think that was huge. And I think for me, like, what I had to navigate in our friendship, because, like, the directness wasn't really for me to navigate. That was just mm. for me to, like, see context, et cetera, yeah. was I wasn't used to having a friend that was so um, plugged into my life, if that makes sense, like, yeah. in the best way. Like, I have, like, my my probably my most, like, my longest friend and my most consistent friend has been India. And mm. like, she's like the most caring, loving human being in she's the world. She's incredible. Like, she's just yeah. like, the love of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, holding the yeah. butterfly she got, Sarah, on my lap right now. Isn't she so cute? Um, and like, I was used to her, but I just mm. thought she was the anomaly. Like, I thought she was the exception, like, yeah. not the rule. And then M, like, was like, you know, asking me, like, how are you? Like, and whenever I'm sick, like, M will drop me off a care package. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not used to this. Like, and I was like, oh, I just dropped you off again. And like, I remember I went into hospital mm. two weeks after we were friends. And, you know, um, I had friends like some beautiful, like India sent me flowers and, and Sal was always messaging me. And like, I remember you coming and you're like, I bought you grain waves and a Kit Kat. And I went, how did you know those were my favorite snacks? And you're like, I didn't. I, just, I had no idea. You're like, I just bought them. And then like, Em just sat with me and I was like dead to the world in the bed. Not to be dramatic, but I was. And then Em would walk laps with me in the ward and just like spoke my ear off because I was so drunk. And I could, ba- I could barely walk. And she was like, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. then like my dad came and you're like, hi. Yeah. And like she just buzzed off. And dad was like, didn't you just meet her like two weeks ago? I was like, yeah. Literally 14 days. But I'd spent fa- Easter with her family at that point. So it really didn't feel like two weeks. <laughs> Are we dating? Yeah, by that point it was like, oh my gosh. I remember telling my partner that and he was like, wait, who? Like, have I met this person? Is it because there was no timeline? Oh, yeah, I was like, wait, you met her a, a week ago. Like, and you're in hospital with her. And you were at Easter with her family. Like, it, the math was not mathing, mm. but it makes sense now. It obviously. makes sense now, yeah. yeah. So, like, she was always, like, just so caring. Like, and the minute, like, I did something well in my business, like, she was the first one to send me a paragraph or, like, you know, a, a present or whatever. And I, like, wasn't used to receiving so much love. Oh. and like attention and i never heard you say talk about this yeah we actually never spoke yeah literally this. i'm like literally i'm sitting here you guys should see me i'm just sitting here listening with my resting on my hand i'm like wait well i think it's something that really comes to like yeah. looked at recently because i was like what you saying like why do i feel like so weird mm. not in a bad way um oh, i guess like, it is like i've always had india and like she's always been a beautiful standard but like i said i thought she was like and that's decades exception. of friendship too like yeah, that's we've been friends for like we met when we were 11 and yeah we're both 23 yeah so, literally yeah, if no one knows, I'm 23. Well, in June, I'm 22. <laughs> I feel like no one knows my age. Um, I reckon that'll shock some people. Yeah, it's going to shock so many. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was really interesting because I was like, I don't know how to hold love like this, like mm. in a platonic way. And there was a part of me that was like, stop caring so much. Like, you yeah. know, like that that part of me that was like, I don't want you to see me. Like, I don't want you to see that I, like I'm fucking sad or like that I'm struggling because I was used to India seeing me like that yeah. but no one else. Um, and then like slowly as time went on, I was like, no, like this is M. Like, you just need to let her, if she wants to drop you off armor force, like, let her do it. Like, that's her thing. That's how she shows love. Like, 
And like, I love gift giving too. Like, who am I talking about? Like, yeah. literally before the podcast, I was like showing Em what I got from Mecca because I forgot <laughs> the bag was here and I just forgot. And I was like doing the unboxing and I was like, look at these makeup brushes. And she was like, oh, amazing. Like, you want them? All right, cool. I'll buy you them. And she was like, I don't, I don't need that. No, like- I need to set the scene. <laughs> so we're in Sarah's office and she's got this massive Mecca bag on the mm-hmm. floor and she goes, no, oh, I went to Mecca the other day and I'm obviously not surprised. So I'm like, yeah, great. And sort of prompting her, you know, what did you get? And she mm. goes, I actually, you're like kind of sitting there pondering. I actually don't remember anything that I got and you're unboxing it and you're surprised by what you bought yeah. the other day. And you're like giving yourself secret gifts because you don't even realize. Yeah. I compliment one of the brush sets and immediately Sarah just says, yep, noted. noted. And now I know I'm going to receive this brush set against my will. Yeah, she's going to receive it. With love, like, but against my it'll will. It'll be like masks up <laughs> like something like, oh, you like posted on Instagram. Here you go. Honestly, it's like a present. Literally. Yeah. So I think for me, that was like the hardest, like, mm. like, but like not really, like it kind of was. Um, but also like the lightest part was like knowing that I had met my match intellectually. So like, Emma and I would just have like, we would just analyze the industry constantly, analyze marketing constantly. And like, yeah. I knew if I brought something to Em, like, hey, I just saw this trend. What do you think? Em could respond. And like, it, she wouldn't be like, oh, that's cool. Mm. Like, she'd be like, oh, by the way, I think that because I saw this and I read this. And like, we could meet there, which was like, it was really, really cool and stimulating. Stimulating. Yeah. yeah we've always had very stimulating conversations. And I think like, in our friendship with the conversations with our communication standards have always been raised like I agree and then like I don't know when we became a trio with Saldog I I think because it happened yeah and you've always been obviously best friends with Sal and mm-hmm. I've known Sal for like she's gonna listen to this and be like hey um <laughs> hey Sal um I've known Sal for honestly like probably 10 years but just around where we live in Wollongong and yeah. through mutual friends but never sat and had a conversation with her and I really like connected with her at your birthday and that was lovely but we never really yeah. hung out again and I think what it was honestly if I'm if I'm going back to it it would have been when oh, it was when you when was she house sitting for you? Yeah, that would have been back in January. It was in January, and I, because Sarah lives really close to me, and Sal was then house sitting with her. So we went for a couple walks. We were texting, and then we just decided to, we were like, well, why did we not have a group texting chat? Yeah, because I was texting one. you, and I was texting yeah. Sal, and you guys, I was like, can we just yeah. make a group where we're all just talking? And then it just kind of, we have like a really, I think we have a really beautiful dynamic, the three of mm. us. It's really lovely. Like, I don't have, really any group chats or anything I'm part of like I don't I don't know like I just don't really have that Mm. so it was really nice because it wasn't like one of those group chats where you're just muting it and thinking I don't want to talk stimulating and it's conscious and it Mm. like adds value to my life yeah like Emerald like often come in at the end of a work day and be like what the fuck like (laughs) you guys just process this much shit you analyze this and it's like a mini mastermind yeah in our text genuinely (laughs) in the best way absolutely and I think like another really key part, not only the group chat, but like our friendship is the language and the language that we entertain. And like something that I brought into the group chat not that long ago actually was like, hey, I'm no longer being gonna, going to be bringing in problems. Mm. I was like, if I'm navigating something, just trust that I've got it. Trust that I'm with my mentor, trust that I'm talking to Angus, like my partner about it. 
I don't need another space because what I I had like last year towards probably the back end of the last year. Sorry, did I say no? You're no. I've got my blanket on. Oh, I thought we just like our toes connected. That was really cute. <laughs> <laughs> towards like the back end of last year, I was like in a shame pit, mm. and I was like problems, 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 problem frequency. Like my life sucks. I'm failing. I'm failing. I'm failing. Um, and it wasn't until like someone at the time reflected that to me, like you're in a fucking like shame pit. And at the time, I was like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. And then like this year I was like, wow, that was really toxic. So for me, it was a very conscious effort to effort. Like I was like, Hey, if either of you have problems and you need support, you need to be witness, please bring that in. Like I'm still your friend, but I won't be bringing it in. Like that is my choice. That is like my conscious decision. And you both were like, fucking love that. Like love that yeah. you set that standard. And then like something else that I brought in was I brought it in, in a coach capacity, which then translated into friends, mm-hmm. um, which was conscious language. And <laughs> what we say so like everyone knows i hate no hate that's a bit strong dislike when people say i can't like i can't afford something like scarcity around money like i don't entertain that in friends Mm -hmm. like i can't afford something i just like nah i I actually don't believe in not affording so i know that almost sounds like bizarre um and like hold the most generous interpretation like obviously sometimes there actually is but like yeah the way that we talk about it no it doesn't exist um and we like I remember that we had we're in such a bad habit of being like I want to kill myself like mm. oh my god I would die if that happened like I can't I'm just, I can't wait you know even like I can't I can't and now like we pull each other up on it it's like if someone says like oh I would die like no that's not intentional like you can't say yeah. that um and like sometimes we'll be like if we were to say <laughs> that I want to like kill just, myself I would say it yeah but we're not wearing jiggle we don't talk like that anymore yeah yeah it's like the vernacular I think a lot of people if you're on TikTok any kind of platform mm. you would see it all the time of people mm. saying that like I just want to die and it's so easy to absorb that and we were talking about it was neuroscience and the effect of language on the brain and obviously I'm a copywriter like Sarah's <laughs> gonna be like what the fuck do you talk about I know Sarah's <laughs> very like doing her minor in marketing and and Sal is very very good at analyzing industries and, mm. and trends and patterns and things like that so when we were speaking about it yeah we really re- all of us really consciously realized wow like Firstly, it's like, it's just doesn't even feel nice or good or respectful to say those Mm. things in general because of the actual meaning behind them and Mm. the whole, the premise of them. And then secondly, it affects you subconsciously Mm. on a deeper level. Mm. And we have better problems than to be subconsciously sabotaging ourselves because of what we talk about. Yeah. So our language like has taken a massive shift, like particularly recently. And Mm. like, you know, we always plug in to the conversation or to the group. I don't know why I say plug in like as a fucking like, <laughs> <You> plug in. <laughs> you plug out at the end force, of the day. Force. Hey guys, I'm just plugging out. Hey. You <laughs> literally said that the other day. You were like, I, I plug into this like it's a mastermind. And I was like, don't say that ever again. Um, anyways, and I just said it. Like for context, I work in corporate marketing. So I watch Sal and Sarah talking and voice messaging and doing all these things and I just get this major fucking phone where I'm mm. sitting there like I want to listen to what you're saying because I know how juicy it is yeah yeah I don't even know where I was going with this plug in what was I even talking about I remember when I was spiral saying stop plugging stop saying I mean, phrase plug in what was I saying we were just talking about oh right right I remember now um and like one of us will come in and be like okay like what are we navigating like what are we integrating this week mm. like what's come up here like you're what are you not asking now? yeah like what do you take responsibility for mm. and like we've all reply like hey like this is like the thing that's coming up for me and then like i'll always be like well what are you gonna do about it like i feel like i'm out of like the three of us i'm probably the most like ruthless in terms mm. of like all right suck it up what are you gonna do about it 
Um, and we all like have our different, like Em's really beautiful at being very, very supportive. Like Em will take her time to voice them and like a paragraph where I'm like a love heart react kind of girl. <laughs> I'm like, good for you, babe. And then Em's like this, wow, in the deepest of my heart, like I'm vibrating <laughs> for you. Like my heart is vibrating <laughs> for you. I think that's I'm, the only voice yeah. note anyone hears in this whole thing. My heart is just I'm vibrating you. for you. Can you imagine <laughs> I just like cut that the sound like, out of the clip? Yeah. Like, were you a bunch of lesbians? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm made of the shoe fit. I know. So. <laughs> the first time I've been told. <laughs> Sorry. Fuck. <laughs> um, anyway, so Adam's like very supportive, and I'm like, love heart react. Well, sometimes I miss the message. And I'm like, sorry, yeah. love this. Yeah. And Sal's very good at like voice memeing, like, checking in sal's very like responsive mm, very very mm. present so, like we all have our different like our different like almost not roles but i guess strengths. just like strengths yeah. to what we what we bring to the group but enough about us i but, just want to piggyback oh, off one thing there's no said. way you just said i'm gonna piggyback on i'm gonna i'm gonna bring the corporate talk in for one hot moment um, thank you for handing the floor over. No, I just want to speak to the piece about like not affording things in that conversation because mm. I think like I think sometimes when you hear that in a podcast in a conversation, it can be so easy to tune out the second you hear that and be like, okay, it's so easy for them to say you that. You don't know my life. You don't know my life. You don't know what I go through. One thing that I had to shift because believe me when I tell you, like I've had to shift as a lot of us, but very specifically money mindset, all of that. I've really had to do a lot of conscious mm. work on it. The best way I can describe it is the conversations went from, it's not that you can't afford something, it's you choose to not prioritize it. And there's actually nothing wrong with that, but it's owning. Mm. I'm actually just gonna choose in this moment to not put time and money or whatever towards that. And then I have to own and sit with my decisions and the consequences that come with that. Yeah, like I remember like one yeah. time Em and I were having lunch together and you know she had gone back to corporate and like obviously fully supportive of that like i was her reference yeah <laughs> actually was my reference for my job so yes yeah and i was like emma is a staff employee <laughs> <laughs> um but like i was so happy when she got that job and anyways we're having lunch and i'm like all right what's fucking going on with the business mm. like, so this like the way i coach is very different to how i talk to the very like, i would never talk to you like this as a client um and i was like what the fuck's going on with the business you yeah. did like absolute crickets like yeah. what are you gonna post or what and you were like but like one day like i'm just so busy and i was yeah. like cut the crap yeah i literally remember being like stop i remember it too i'm like stop yeah and then like there was another component to like our conversation where she was telling me that you know i'm gonna apply for like copywriting jobs here 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 and i said what would it look like if you just instead of doing that you put fucking more time into your business and built that up and built your freedom and she was like um <laughs> <laughs> valid it is valid i think i could do that and like i think it is so empowering when you can hear those conversations and realize how much work i like it sure it's a cliche thing to say but how much work you've done and how much you've been able to mm. transcend that i hear you say that and i'm like cool i love that i have someone in my life who mm. knows me well enough to reflect that say that to me i can hold the directness mm. and we move <laughs> and yeah the the affording thing conversation i can i've completely like reimagined my relationship to it now as well mm. and if i don't want to do something that's fine but it's yeah. not that i can't afford it it's that i just don't want to do it then and i have to own that and that's mm. a very different thing and you can kid yourself don't get me wrong you can try to convince yourself you don't want to do something but you're playing into the i can't afford a thing mm. but it's a it's a great conversation and i would definitely encourage people to like be mindful like of the friendships and relationships and and people around you and how they do speak to things and invite them mm. 
to raise the standard, just invite them forward for it. Yeah, I remember there was a time where I was like to you, like, hey, babe, like I know we used to entertain lack and I know mm. we used to entertain money, like money stories like this, but like it actually doesn't make sense for me to, to want to calibrate to a 600K year, for example. It doesn't make sense that you want to calibrate to a multi six figure year. Absolutely. And like we're coming into iMessage being like in this shame pit around money, yeah. it actually makes no sense. And it was very quick for us to dissolve that. Um, yeah, my vision like, board saying ten million. You know, my vision yeah. board saying multi six figures all over it, and, and then I'm like, like jumping into <laughs> iMessage being like, oh, yeah, I can't afford this. Yeah. Mark. I'm like, stop it. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've just always been like, cut the crap, kind yeah. of kind of vibe. Um, and like, Em's very good at reflecting my power when when I'm downplaying. She's like, shut up. Like, you can yeah. do better than that. Like, and I'm the same with her. So it's like that beautiful like relationship and dynamic where we both can bring out the best in the other person because we know what that looks like already I completely and we know agree. what it looks like for that person and we have different strengths so it's really nice in that yeah. way I think to be able to be the mirror and I know that's a whole nother conversation but mm. I absolutely agree yeah I love this okay oh let's I kind of want to dive into like the rapid fire yeah let's do we've it been, like riffing for so long so basically guys rapid fire so <laughs> I told Em literally just before we started recording that we're doing this and she was like, oh my God. 30 seconds before. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really, I like putting people in the hot seat. So basically how this started is that the other night I ran my mastermind call and it was a hot seat coaching call. And I said at the beginning, I'm in the hot seat. I was like, I always put you guys in the hot seat. Let mama hop in. And I was on this call also. I was like, I'm going to be in the hot seat. Ask me questions. Um, so then what I thought about rapid fire would be so cool. Like we know each other the best. So we know the little questions that are like, like good. Yeah. You know? Like we know the good questions. So basically we're going to have like, let's do five. Do you want to kick it off? I feel like I need to see the example. Five you questions. Okay. And then I'll, let's do <sighs> maybe I'm going to say minimum five questions. Okay. Minimum. All right. Nothing is off limits. Okay. If I ask me that's like actually that bad, just like look at me and be like, fucking cut that. But I don't think I will. If you guys hear a really big gap, you'll know why. I ask something a bit too bad. Or I'll bleep the question. Oh my God. And then just hear your answer. Stop. I don't know how to do that. Anyways, I'll try. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I'm a resourceful woman. Yeah. Um, so basically, we're going to have like minimum five questions, mm -hmm. rapid fire. You can't sit there because we both can fucking talk. So like, I don't want a sentence. I want like yes or no. Mm -hmm. or like, Mm. a fucking phrase oh, okay i'm like like i think myself like the, the shortest phrase you get one pass so okay. if there's something that you're like i can't answer that or like maybe you would need more than a phrase to articulate your answer because like maybe you don't want to offend someone like, i'm sweating yeah yeah then you pass but you only get one so okay. remember use your pass wisely because i could ask you something very rogue <laughs> the next question <laughs> all right i'm not getting sued so i'm not naming names that's my only boundary that's it yeah we're not oh no we're not naming names yes that's Beautiful. just like yeah we don't do that here no we don't are you ready yes i'm ready all right are you ready to sorry <laughs> are you ready to rumble i'm ready okay first question is what is your least favorite thing about the coaching industry <laughs> you should see emma's face she's like trying to process it <laughs> i'm sorry um that it makes me face things about myself that i want to face okay awesome Second of all, um, second question is, what is your favorite sex position? Missionary, because I like Scott's face a lot. Because <laughs> I love it, but I like looking at him. Wait, she just zoned out. Like, I'm like, do you need a minute? Like, I like fantasized for a second. I was like, wait, sorry. Oh, I just interrupt. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like. <laughs> okay, sorry. sorry. Um, what is your unpopular opinion right now? Oh, fuck. Um, 
I would say, I think because we've been talking about it a lot, this is going to take slightly more than one word, but it's, it's that we are creating stories around things to complicate them when they're not that complicated. Mm. And it's actually annoying when you start to notice it in yourself and in others. Yeah. Yeah. Give me an example. Um, okay. I plugged in to Voxer with Sarah today and I tried to work out what was going on and I was trying to find a problem when there wasn't a problem there. Mm. And when I realized after you reflected that to me, Mm. I didn't like wallow in the shame of thinking, okay, I've tried to make a problem out of nothing. I process and move on, but it's fucking annoying when you start to realize that that's something you do Mm. or it's something you witness in others. And you're like, okay, we need to actually stop this. Mm. There's not problems going on. Yeah. There's actually no problem at all. And if there was a problem, we just fill the gap and keep going. So regardless, we keep going. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is my biggest weakness? <laughs> um, I would say it's that you, I think you care so much about things. And I'm not saying that's your weakness because I think that's like a really big cop-out mm. to say, like, you just care so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you care a lot, but I think you you care a lot and then you're extremely um, powerful. And that bridging bit between both of those is something I think that the more you strengthen and bring the care in, the more mm-hmm. powerful you're going to actually be. Yeah, I agree. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. actually completely agree. Yeah. Um, ooh. These are good. Fuck, I'm sweating. Gosh. I know. What do you think is something that your audience doesn't know about you that you've kept hidden on purpose? <laughs> giggle i've never heard you giggle like that that's so conniving (laughs) um my audience doesn't know about me that i've kept hidden yeah i would say i already i have an answer for you yeah i'm curious to know what you say about this yeah i'm curious to hear what you say because it's gonna be surface level i'm not gonna be happy no i think i think i would say that i am like I have a lot more, oh, how do you word it? Like I have a side, like I have a lot more depth to my personality than I think I let on, which is if I go even deeper than that, I am, I don't actually know how to answer that about myself. Do I have permission to answer Can you please you? answer for me? I think you hide how sexual you are. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is like being someone who owns my sexuality. Like you're a kinky gal. Yeah, who owns all of that stuff that like and like in my relationship and stuff with scott i don't like we talk about that stuff i don't hide it listens to this he's like what the (laughs) it's gonna be like oh i thought you're going to serious to record a business podcast emma what the fuck missionary yeah literally (laughs) thanks um yeah i think it's like that and definitely separating that side because i think i looked at myself for so long through the lens of like sexual shame so being a sexual person mm. liking sex and i don't mean liking sex with a ton of people i mean like i love having sex with scott i love mm. being intimate with him i love the i love the playfulness of it i love mm. all of it and not just sex like the intimacy of it the sensuality of it like i love mm. i love the sides of people it bring, like the sides of the person that you're with it brings out so yeah i agree with that yeah i would definitely say that Mm. I love how that wasn't a short answer, but it needed. I, like I know. It. Sorry, I like literally just rip 
rambled so much. No, I love that. I I wanted you to ramble because I think it's a part of you that I wanted you to express. Yeah, I fully agree. You actually haven't. No, I never express it. Because I, I, yeah, I think that has been like the biggest piece where I have kept it very suppressed because in any context except with my partner, I felt shame around Mm -hmm. it without realizing like you can be a sexual person and that doesn't actually correlate to sex it correlates to your energy it correlates Mm, to the way that you do everything in your daily life it correlates to the way you value self-pleasure all of that Mm. stuff and that's something i do i find fascinating i wanted to be a sexologist at one point like i find it fascinating i love it Mm. but i definitely don't talk about it my brain just sparked the new idea amazing we'll talk about that after (laughs) like chantelle odden like i love her she's an incredible sexologist like all of that i love never ever explore it publicly so yeah yeah i love that i love that so much um okay another question um who triggers you the most in the industry and why i know we said not naming names but like i feel like that's actually not that bad like i don't think that really matters because they're not it's yeah and triggering is my and you get to pass if you don't want to name names uh and is this my last question no i don't want to pass that because i feel like that's fiery baby yeah you really are who triggers me the most i mean that's an interesting question because Yes, I am very immersed in the coaching industry, but I'm also immersed in like the I mean, copywriting industry too. Well, why don't we make it more specific mm. and we'll use me? Okay. Because, you know, like I yeah. can hold that. Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. What triggers me the most about you? Yeah. Um, I know we've spoken about this anyway, like mm. very recently. <laughs> that shows the level of our conversations. But yeah, <laughs> I think I think your ability to process and move really quickly mm. makes me have to look at where I'm not doing that Mm. and the fear of being left behind Mm. like is real and comes up and that's something I'm working through anyway and that's obviously my own Mm. story that I tell myself or have told myself or whatever but yeah like someone moving and you being so happy for them and then that subconscious thing's like fucking move you're like the kid with the balloon you're trying to chase you're like mm. i just don't i, I want to make sure i'm holding on to you too so yeah i love that yeah mm, um that. have you ever seen a situation unfold for me that you wanted to save me from but couldn't uh absolutely how yeah. many times um i can think of twice i think one a personal situation and one where it was business related those would be the, t- the two times i actually have no idea what the business thing is i mean i can say it and you can cut it out or i can just tell you after tell me after I'm yeah curious. i'll tell you after cute um wow you're actually <laughs> answering me i'm like you little shit like, i know you wanted me to have to pass a one i thought for I sure i forgot that i could pass to be fair with you well when i brought up the sex thing i was like she's gonna pass this for sure because she's never explored that no. and then you explored it and i was like Oh shit, I'm equally proud. Do you know what I mean? Thanks. Um, oh, yeah. what is something what is something you wouldn't answer, you little slag? Probably um, the next thing you say at this rate. Just <laughs> now you're getting fucking into it. I'm like, oh like, okay, how many questions are we in? I don't know. I'm like six, bro. I'm like, and that's all we have time for. You're like, I have questions. Yeah, I'm like, what <laughs> you cut me out. Um, what would another question be? Uh, well, how about I'll, I'll go in yes. the rapid fire, yes. and if anything comes up for you, I'm gonna turn it back to you, babe. Yeah, I like that. Okay. All right. I'm a bit nervous. <sighs> no, actually not. I'm pretty honest, hey. Yes. I mean, it's called the Unfold the Truth podcast, and you're you are very honest. I'm not worried about you passing or not answering. And I'm very good at being like yes or no. I'm just trying to think of ones that aren't because now I'm curious of all the ones you asked me. I'm like, actually, 
Oh, and I'll ask you then, but let me try and be a bit, let's try and reframe. Um, I would say, because I'm in so many of Sarah's offerings where she's like sharing her opinions on things. So I sort of want to ask something that you would only talk to me on a podcast about. Yeah. Um, is there, is there a part of your life right now that you feel like needs to be elevated, but you haven't had the guts to do it yet? Um, yes. Um, and I would say that area of my life that needs to be elevated, um, is the dynamic of my romantic relationship, Mm. um, and to go into more depth. Uh, even though it's rapid fire, but I don't want people to think that my relationship. No, rocks. I get it. That's why um, I just so I want to like bring it forward a little bit. Um, yeah. I play into a power dynamic because I'm the breadwinner. Yeah. Um, and I I play into super superiority in a yeah. really negative and unhealthy way. Yeah. So that needs to be elevated. Wow. Yeah. I love that honesty. Yeah. yeah. Like I always like we'll be like, well, I park and pay, so you should clean, and that's yeah. like a really toxic trait. Yeah. Yeah. But so much self awareness though. Oh yeah. <laughs> I guess obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Uh, next one. Mm. I I mean, I know you asked it to me, but now I'm curious, like, what's your favorite sex position? I feel like I've never asked you that. No, you never have. Um, I would say, I mean, like, a missionary is, like, so, like, cliche. I like, know, I'm so PG I'm saying like, that, but it's true. Missionary. But we, um, we I would say um, doggy. Nice. Yeah. That was my second option, to be fair. Yeah. So, because I feel like um, me, I take it to the next level. I feel like <laughs> with the unfiltered truth. Yeah. I feel like because I'm so dominant. Yeah. In my business, in my personal mm. life, I like to be submissive in my my relationship. Yeah, I really like that. And be careful. Like, we're both. Oh my god, why am I like? I'm like, we need to have a whole episode on this. Like now, yeah. I'm really like okay. intri- intrigued. Well, we have different expressions of it. You're a very sexual person, but I'm probably not as much. But we're stepping mm. into it more, so it'd be really cool. Yeah, I would love that. And I'm integrating it in a healthy way in terms of yeah, without beautiful. shame. So yeah. Anyway, I love that. Okay. So, yeah. And guys, I didn't think about these questions beforehand. So I'm trying to think about them without overthinking them. Let's think. Uh, the next one would be, is there, has there ever been a time mm-hmm. where you have wobbled in your business like i'm actually just curious because i know that you've never told yourself you can't you can't afford it like i know Mm -hmm. that and i think most people listening would know that yeah but has there ever been a time where you wobbled and you thought i actually might walk away from this like i actually don't know not if you can do it but if you actually want to do it i don't ever think i've wobbled because i didn't want to do it Mm -hmm. because i think i've always wanted to do it Mm -hmm. um i I definitely wobbled i want to say um when would it have been? I wobbled. Um, I remember my first wobble was like October 2021. Mm-hmm. So that was like very early on in the business when I, I was like, why the fuck did I quit my job? Um, but we send it. Yeah. Uh, I think the second time I, I can remember myself wobbling, oh, I wobbled in like March last year as yeah. well. Um, but that was from a burnout place. Like mm-hmm. not like I need, I can't do this. It was like, wow, something needs to change. Um, I would say the only time where I've like, I've got to walk away um, has probably been the end of last year. Right, I was like, I've got to walk away from this. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't. Because I don't quit. I know you don't. I just had another question. Yeah. Do you ever regret stopping coaching with your 
previous coach? Um, no, I don't regret it. Mm. Um, I miss her though. Yeah. Yeah, I really do miss her. Mm. I miss um, having a one-on-one mentor that knows me really, mm. really well. Um, I miss having calls with a mentor. Yeah. Um, yeah, I miss her. Yeah. But I don't regret it. Oh, I love that. Okay. Mm. All right, we are back. We had to take a short little break because Em and I were like, okay, we need to think of some questions. But I had a question pop up for Em that I'm going to ask and she can either pass it or answer it. She'll have a pass and then she's going to ask me some more questions. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I reckon you, I reckon you might answer this. I'm not really sure. Okay. Out of, you're very familiar with the coaching industry. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's going to be the coaching industry. Okay, great. Out of the coaching industry, who do you think is going to have a downfall in 2023. You know what? I will answer this, but I'm going to answer it in a slightly more legal way than like naming a name because I know obviously we're not going to do that either. But yeah, I would say the person or the type of person I predict will have a downfall in 2023 is the type of person who, okay, this is, this is not rapid fire, babe. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, fuck. I'm just not a rapid fire human. I want to get deep. The most generous interpretation. You're right. It's going to be the people I think who view their audience as being unable to hold them in their unrelatability and the people who, how do I phrase it? Like you being someone who is, who has a story that people can connect with, who has relatability. I genuinely think that's like a massive fucking piece of, of, of why people want to work with someone like a coach. And I think that this like, mentality that goes around or this like rhetoric of like i will be so unattainably unrelatable like you will not touch me yeah untouchable it will actually not it will hit a glass ceiling yeah like i actually think it will because the the core of marketing in any realm is connection through a story like it Mm. doesn't matter and your audience is fucking they're able to navigate it if you buy prada and you're suddenly not relatable in the same tax bracket fine Mm. they'll be fine but i'm talking like when you act so untouchable or you are so untouchable. I'm curious, like, where the where the vulnerability is. Like, mm. yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm not that rapid fire, but yeah, doesn't rapid fire. Who is the most shameful marketer in the coaching industry? <laughs> and don't give me the type of person. Well, then I pass because <laughs> <laughs> she would sue the fuck out of me. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I knew you, that. You got good. me. Yeah, you knew. It's like um, not this type of person bullshit. But uh, yeah, I totally agree. Anyone that kind of has yeah. an untouchable. Like there is a there's a difference between being unfuckable and being like, I'm so fucking above you. It's nuanced, right? Yeah, like obviously nuanced, you could yeah. have a whole fucking podcast episode on that. But yeah. Yeah, cool. I agree. Um, I'm gonna give you one more question. I think you've like literally asked me one question. I've asked you three. Okay. And you just I was saying to Sarah before, she answers everything in every offer she has. So if you're in like SESI radio, if you're in any masterclass, you, you know like, it. you know that if you ask her a question, you know she's going to answer it. You know me. Um, I'm curious, like in terms of the kind of connections and friendships and relationships you want to be building with people within the coaching industry mm-hmm. in the next year, two years, mm-hmm. is there any part of you that feels like anxious that things could play out again the way that they did that first time yes massively yeah that's my biggest fear mm. yeah you're like cool thanks I'm like that's rapid fire babe that's my answer amazing you, okay. you said minimum five questions okay i've got one more i do okay. have one more yeah yes minimum. okay um 
I haven't passed anything. So guys, if you haven't been able to tell, I just really like to go deep. So this is a really big training for me in quick. I'm, I'm teaching Emma how to be intentional. <laughs> Honestly, and rapid fire and articulate <laughs> quickly. Yeah. Um, okay. My last question would be, oh, okay. Okay. I'm nervous. Who do you feel most threatened by? Who is your competitor? Like, who do you look at? And you're like, whether it's subconscious or not, Ooh. I am competing with you and I, whether you're going to dissolve it or not, like, I don't, I think I've definitely dissolved com- competition, competition, yeah. but who I would view as like my fucking mirror. Yeah. Like my benchmark. Yeah. Um, Dia. Yeah. Dia for sure. Um, yeah. she's incredible. Incredible. Um, yeah. Okay. I love that. I didn't pass anything. You didn't know, I, thought you would, I thought you want to get me. But bro, you know me so well. That's like, what I mean. Yeah, but everything I ask you, you have answered. I did I honestly, even if the sex position thing, like I you just answer that without blinking. Yeah. I feel like Sarah two months ago, you wouldn't no, you would not have answered that. No. So, oh God, so rude. testament to your growth. Testament to my growth. Yeah. Um yeah, I really thought you would get me because you know you know there is shit that I've said behind the scenes that wouldn't come on Instagram. I can say one now, but I have to, the thing is without naming names, I don't know how to, okay. I'll ask you one more. I will ask you one more mm-hmm. and you can cut this out if you need. As long as you're not naming names. No, I'm not going to name names. Okay, cool. Is there someone in the coaching industry that you have lost respect for? Yes. Massively. Okay. That's it. Beautiful. I'm not going to name names. Yeah. No. Massively. Um, yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Very That's interesting. That's a juicy ending. What, someone's going to come into Sezzy Radio and be like, who was the person? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All the mastermind girls, hey, hey, I said, <laughs> I'll be like, I can't not answer that. There yeah. are like, there are still things that I, I wouldn't answer if, 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 if I think that would influence someone else's opinion of someone. I like Because I genuinely yeah. believe that everyone, like, no matter what my experience is with someone, like, I do believe that everyone should be able to formulate their own opinion on mm-hmm. someone. And there have been times where I've fell into like gossip and like judgment. And like, I feel like to this day, like dissolving guilt around that. Same. That was just like so gross of you. Um, so yeah, I just would never name names, not because I don't want to spark drama. Like it's not about that. It's like, no, that was my, that was my experience. And like everyone that I can lose respect for someone, but still see where they're good at what they do. Yeah. Still see where they are good at what they do. Um, it doesn't mean I need to respect where do they go about. Well, they're not, yeah, yeah. They have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah, so I just let everyone form their own opinions about people because, um, mm. do you, yeah, like I would hate if, if someone like, you know, said something about me and then everyone just thought that was me. Yeah, when like they don't know me, you know. Oh, I fully agree with that. Yeah, so I just hold that standard for everyone. So mm. that was rapid fire. That was not even rapid fire. That was like Lamau. That was like Q and A. Yeah, that was gonna say that was like what do you call it? Like I'm very good at slow and like, medium fire, and nah. you're like. So I read this novel the other day and in the encyclopedia, it says, you know how before you were saying in the, Emma's really good at being supportive. Like she'll give like a paragraph of context of like how she appreciates yeah, that. Yeah, that's where it's really good. There you go. This is where it's really, yeah, the shut up, unintegrated side. No, I honestly, it's like, cause some people's like automatic response is to just get quiet. Mine is to fill the space. Probably ramble, I would say is like a kind, yeah. pretty accurate word. Yeah, I, I feel like you just, you take up space. It's I fine, do. But sometimes it is a ramble, yeah. Well, it's only a ramble when it's meant to be rapid fire. Yeah, yeah. that was a ramble. So but I'm sure it's a ramble that people appreciated. Thanks, everyone. Is there anything that you want to add? Is there anything that you want to share um, that people don't know about me that you want to give them insight into? 
that's not rapid fire. That's just a genuine closing question. I like that question. Um, like, what do you think people don't know about me? I think it's really easy for people to be like, oh my God, like no one sees your humor and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you guys see Sarah through, you know, social media. So you're going to see it's your business. Like you are a professional, what you do. So as much as you're a personal brand, what you do is going to be intentional to your business. Absolutely. People do not see the side of you where you're not in your business in that moment. And you are just Sarah and cooked. You are. Yeah. You've got (laughs) cooked humor. You're hilarious. Your banter is so on point. You're witty. You're inappropriate in like the best way. Like, do you know what I mean? And I think it's a side, you're not going to see it unless you go to a retreat with her or something. Um, yeah, true. Next week is the retreat. Those yeah. girls are going to get their for a real treat. Yeah, exactly. And and that's not because you hold back on socials. It's just like your socials aren't a place to it's dump just like every a different side. texture. Hey, like in person events, like we had um, Dia's event last mm-hmm. week, and I just feel like people got to see me because I, I had like um, almost like the space to be humorous, whereas it's really, really very limited in a masterclass. Like I'm teaching, I'm in a different archetype. Absolutely. Whereas when I'm in like receivership and I'm like, as a client, like I can actually kind of play into that wittiness a bit yeah. more, but when I'm coaching, like it's still funny, like in the masterminds, like I'm still funny yeah. and like, it is just going to be different. Like at the retreat, like, yeah. I just think like me just like in my PJs on the couch, like talking to you guys, like I'm going to be, I can, I'm your slippers, my funny slippers. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for that. Um, so how, this is your first podcast. We better wrap it up. How, how are you feeling? This is your first episode. I feel great. I mean, obviously with you, I didn't expect to feel anything but like super comfortable, but it felt like it felt really cool I think to be introspective but also get to have moments of like Mm. realization about you Mm. and realization about our friendship and like we go very deep but to have moments on this podcast I'd be going oh I didn't actually yeah it's cool oh interesting yeah like oh I didn't see that yeah like I want to follow that up with you Um, about that which is really really awesome and it shows how much depth there is to have with people like when you feel like you've hit a ceiling not that I do but if you ever do you can probably just go deeper yeah no I love that so this is a big one guys this is a big episode I think it's one of my favorites that I've ever recorded I think the one I did with Sal was is definitely up there and like this one has just been so fun I love like having a guest to just like Mm -hmm. have that banter so you guys know the drill if you like this episode please rate the podcast five stars I would really appreciate it send either of us a dm I will have our dms in the show notes if you our dms our instagram (laughs) username my dms will be I wasn't about to correct you (laughs) I'll correct myself um, our Instagram usernames will be there. I am just Sarah Ruby Coaching and Emma is, um, this is Emma Jane. That's right, right? That's correct. Um, so please let us know your feedback. Share it onto your stories. Let us know what you want to hear next. If there's anything that came up in this episode, you're like, mm. oh my God, I want them to go deeper in that. Make sure you can um, submit an anonymous question through the Unfiltered Podcast, Unfiltered Truth Podcast community on Facebook. That is where you can submit anonymous questions to me and I see them and I might even answer them in an episode if I'm feeling cheeky, mm. but thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. That was fucking awesome. That's Spontaneous so and amazing. Your virginity is you sexual really did. I know. And now we have to have a cake. A cake. I'm so serious. And you guys will see it with no context. No. I'll be like, why is there a cake? Why <laughs> if you know, you know. If you know, you know. But um, <laughs> thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. If you listened, um, enjoy your beautiful day, morning, night, wherever you are. Do not forget that your success is inevitable. And I will speak to you in my next episode, which which will be in a fortnight. Bye, guys. Bye.